Welcome to Call to the Far Shore. Uh, we're back again for another exciting episode. Uh, I'm glad to be here, Andy. What about you? I'm very glad to be here. I've just had a slice of chocolate cake and a coffee, so I am running on sugar and caffeine. What's it? Is... What's it? What's the uh, brig- brigadier? What is the? Oh, is it... so, okay. Is that what the cake one? No, well, no. Is that what it is? Is that? No, it's not. It's it not a, a brigadeiro, brigadeiro, oh. which is a very famous Brazilian kind of condensed milk with chocolate kind of ball that you get at kids' parties. It's not one of those, but it was a very nice chocolate cake. Oh, oh, excellent, excellent. So, but, but um, good, but good Portuguese, good Brazilian cultural knowledge, James. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well done. I know I mentioned Sue George in in the last episode, and I know yes. it's just I'm just full of Brazilian culture. So, you are a culture, so it's, yeah. it's, it's it's quite amazing. It's quite amazing. Um, and I'm also pumped up on some coffee. My caffeine has just hit my system. Uh, yeah. So I think that's why I'm sounding more perky perky than okay. usual. So, but don't worry, it will wear off. So, so we're going to have a two a two hour podcast right now. That's right. That's right. We are we are fired up. You know, it's funny. I don't think people people realize both of us are recording this podcast. I'm at home. Uh, you're at the Revive House right now. I think if you listen very carefully to some of the previous podcasts, you can hear various uh, sound effects going on in the background. Um, so I, I, I think on my end, I think definitely. Yeah, well, there's definitely some my, I think yeah. I know my, yeah. my kids like to sharpen pencils loudly outside the door and various things. So it's funny. We we joke. I I um, you know, I tell my my kids. Uh, that they uh, they can come in and they can interrupt if they're being attacked by bears. Uh, right. So normally, normally we have at least two or three bear attacks. Uh, yes. So so far it seems. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that bears a nuisance. In that bear is a, that bear is, is a nuisance. It is a nuisance. So <laughs> hey, and I just want to give a kind of. Uh, heads up to next week's episode. So next week's episode, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, next week's episode, we have another interview coming up. We had, mm. if you listened to last week's interview, we uh, I interviewed uh, Nick Fast from Athletes in Action. Uh, go back and listen to that interview. It's a good one. Uh, next week, I'm going to be interviewing Rick Maples, um, who is the director for um, the Diaspora. And if you don't know what that word is, wait for that podcast it's going to be an exciting one so oh, right. oh yeah because I was, I was expecting the angelic host uh, no 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 i see we, we'll do the angelic host when we explain what it is we're not going to do what it is anyway uh I, I talked with him about his work there it's it's really interesting what's what's super interesting about rick too is actually uh he was the family that i was based with when i was 18 i spent a year in kenya and rick and carrie were the family that i lived with and, and it's funny as I was as I was talking with him and, and thinking about the interview coming up um, next week, I was remembering that I kept a journal, Andy. Mm, uh, I, I, probably one of the very few times in life where I actually uh, kept a journal. So when you took your trip to Brazil, did you did you journal your experience? Well, I was going to say you you are just obviously very emotionally intelligent and 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 stable uh, yeah. to to journal like that. But I actually did when I went to Brazil. I I did, but it wasn't a very. It was basically I ate this today. I went here rather than talking about my feelings. <laughs> it is it is very funny. It's very funny that you should suggest that because every so often, just to humble myself, I like to pull out my journal from from my time in Kenya. <laughs> 
because yeah you know most times when people share that they're keeping a journal it's you know like you said it's kind of emotional insights or maybe you know spiritual spiritual thoughts about how god's changing you throughout the year um, yeah. so i'm glad that again that you and me can bond on awful awful journal taking so so i actually have i have my journal journal with me right here um oh, wow. from the year so um you can you can pick you can pick a, a random date and uh, and you can you can learn i can you know share with you something about 18 year old james before before you even met me okay um, the so, whole year you were there for the whole year the whole year so you can pick pretty much any date bar a few days in august um, okay well i'm gonna go for my birthday then 14th of july what were you what was 18 year old james feeling then? 18 year old james feeling on that day oh yeah that's a good one okay okay let me uh <laughs> see one of the one of the issues here is uh is I also don't add any context to what I'm talking about, too. So the, the idea of a journal is hopefully, you know, in, in the future, someone will maybe pick up your journal, maybe your child and look at the journal and maybe learn something uh, your about biographer. Your biographer about, will, yeah. will, will pick it up and write a book about you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so are you ready for this? I'm ready. Totally out of context. Totally out of context. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just give it to us. Okay. Form one completely duffed up their cat which i wasn't best pleased about <laughs> played fussy this evening it was a quite a good match two goals and my team won we're off to mike's house tomorrow i do hope that it'll go well watch a film with rick tonight power run out about 10 minutes from the end <laughs> i does that mean that each class at that school had its own cat well, I'm not. <laughs> I don't even know what cat stood for now. I can't remember. I know it was a, a test form one. Oh, I thought. So the the Kenyan school system is more like the American school system. So form one would have been fourteen year olds. It would have been yeah. freshman year of high school in the U.S. So high school in the U.S. is fourteen to eighteen. So it would have been fourteens. And I was teaching uh, physics uh, at the time. I just think what's funny about that is I think I and this is towards the end of the year, remember Andy. So I was there August to August. So this yeah. is this is by July. So this, you know, you would have thought by this stage the quality of of writing. But it's funny, I do regularly record how many goals I scored um, <laughs> in, 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 the, uh, in the in the football games, in, in the soccer the, games. Yeah, in the, in the in the football games that we played, which yeah, had in, important. So. I would yeah, have done the same. Important stats. Yeah. important stats yeah. so anyway so there you go that, that was a little abstract so we can we can do uh we can do exciting regular abstracts from uh yeah from james we'll do i'll find another good one we do. i know yeah so there's there's some good uh, there's some good there's even romance in the journal too Ooh. So there's a there's a great i can't i can't find the actual the, Does the actual make an appearance? megan doesn't because this is when i was 18 i met megan oh, i met my wife uh <laughs> In East Africa, but in Tanzania seven years later. Uh, but there's a very funny, um, and I'll have to find it for next week maybe, but there's quite an amusing uh, journal abstract about watching Titanic with a German short-term missionary um, oh. volunteer who uh, I was interested in, uh, watched the, the entire Titanic, and at the end uh, she told me she had a boyfriend, 
and I was very disappointed. And I wrote it in my journal, so don't worry. It's, it's uh... <laughs> perhaps we can do a podcast on on romance in mission. Romance uh, in mission, yeah, that's that right. Like that's right. I know. Yes, we both. Well, I wasn't on a mission in Tanzania, so well, maybe in a doctor ship or something. So it's, it's international maybe... international romance. Maybe that should be our. Yeah. Let's do good it. Pop- yeah. Okay. Good ideas. Okay, so we're getting to the to the meat the meat of our podcast today, Andy. And today we are going to talk about the idea of success. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a concept that's come up a few times in some previous podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. Came up with my interview with Nick, uh, and we've kind of touched on it a few times. But we thought it would be good to maybe spend some time uh, talking about success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and particularly, yeah. we're talking about when we're talking about this idea of mission. Uh, and we're talking about this idea of discipleship. How do we how do we measure success? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's worth you know worth maybe kicking off by saying you know obviously it's in it's important to uh, to be successful. And we'll define what success is, but it's important to be successful because if we're not being successful, if we're not doing what we're supposed to do, um, then we should make a change. So mm-hmm. the idea of success is like, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? In what we're doing so anyway very confusing to start but um yeah maybe we should start off by kind of defining kind of what we mean when we're talking about success yeah i think for for many kind of missionaries around the world or for people in full-time christian ministry there's the always the issue of the monthly prayer letter that you have to send to your to your supporters and you obviously you're wanting to find some kind of of story or some kind of success to kind of put it in your prayer letter to kind of justify your existence in wherever it is that you are. And this is sometimes, you know, the kind of problem that, you know, if people think that success is just based on numbers or quantity of things, um, then that's that's not a very good way of measuring success. It puts a lot of pressure on on missionaries to kind of, you know, let's put on these huge gatherings of of evangelism or or whatever it is. And and yay, we you know we showed a Christian video to two hundred kids the other day. Isn't that great? It's like, well, hang on, is that is is that successful? You know, what happened after that video? Did some of these kids? come to Christ? Is that what we're saying that success is? Yeah. And um, even if those kids did come to Christ, did what happened next in their stories yeah. too? Because, you know, that decision process is making a decision, but that doesn't mean exactly. anything if, if they're not going to be followed up and, and decided yeah. too. I, and I, think, yeah, I was going to say, the other thing I'd, I'd build onto that too is, you know, um, this for, for, for nonprofits, mission organizations too, like, especially when the organization is particularly addressing a social need or a social issue. Um, So I think an example that we've spoken about before, not on the podcast, but just personally, you and I talked about like the example of a food bank um, Mm. measuring success. So for example, a food bank says, okay, this year we fed 500 hungry people. Um, And then the following year they say, this is great. This year we fed a thousand hungry people. And again, that measure of success, if you think about it, while it was good that more people were fed, it's maybe not successful in addressing the issue of hunger. 
um, you know, if it's been of, of why they need of why they yeah. need to go to the yeah. the food bank. Yeah, so, so true. Yeah, the whole kind of fruits and roots of, of of an issue, which is so important. And again, perhaps something again for a later podcast to really get into uh, in, in into those. But again, I'll just uh, another little example of of the kind of you know issues of measuring success. There's a nonprofit um, that 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 I heard about. And they do a lot of a lot of work in kind of raising awareness of of an issue, let's just say of an issue. And the way that they measured their success of combating this issue was purely on how many engagements they got in social media. And so how many likes a certain video got or how many how many visualizations uh, or how many retweets their tweet got. And they measured their success on combating this issue on on social media engagement. And for, to me, that was just really was a bit strange because does does how many retweets something gets? Is that actually combating that issue? Is, is, is it going any further to kind of eradicating whatever it is that you're trying to eradicate? And so obviously there is a space for numerical evidence to show some kind of success. But if we're purely basing whatever success we are trying to do, just purely on numbers, in a Christian context, we are getting into some, some shaky ground. We are, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, this... You know, we started off here talking about uh, mission organizations, nonprofits, um, but I think we can then start to dilute this down too. We can see the same in a church too. Oftentimes a church will measure its success by the number of people attending a service, the number of baptisms, the number of people that have made a decision to follow Christ for the first time. Um, and again, that's how the church is going to measure success. Like we are big and we have lots of people, thus we must be successful. And then even diluting that down to an individual, I know that individual Christians sometimes struggle with success because if they start asking those kind of number questions in their own life, it's like, have I, you know, how many people have I shared the gospel with this week? How yeah. many people have come to Christ because of me? Mm. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can get onto, and what, why it's shaky ground, and I think this is worth saying, is why it's shaky ground is from kind of the wider theological point of view. We have this kind of works, um, that, you know, kind of working our way into God's good books is mm. is the, the shaky ground that this is this is heading on. It's this idea that somehow, uh, ultimately, we can be successful on our own and somehow God is going to be impressed with our success. And that's ultimately what following Jesus comes down to is, is being successful yeah. in a certain, um, uh, in, in certain measures that we've established mm. as individuals or churches or as organizations. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we can confuse the work of God for God. So kind of like, we confuse our work for God with with him. And so we're tempted to think that, you know, if our work advances, then also the glory of God advances. And so suddenly our work or what we do for him becomes God. And suddenly we've put our work in God's place. And so we are on very, very shaky ground. 
if suddenly we think that we are suddenly very, very important. Um, because actually, God does not need you. <laughs> this is ready for the humble stuff, you know. God, God does not need you. He invites us because he would like us to, in, to, to get involved with his mission, but he can accomplish it if he wanted to without us. But it's because of God's nature that he wants to involve us in, 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 doing, in doing this. So let me throw out some things, James, and you can come back and say, say, say that you don't believe in them or don't agree with them at all. So <laughs> if we're thinking about success, and when I was thinking about this, this podcast, I was obviously thinking about, you know, how does Revive measure success? And again, it's that tension between numbers and relationships, and I'll say a few more things on that soon. But I kind of also thought about success as some kind of internal factors as well, and not just external. And so if I was to, to, to sum up how I would perhaps define success, I would say three things. Success is doing what God has asked me to do, doing it, it in his way and doing it in his time. So success is doing what God has asked me to do, doing it in his way and doing it in his time. And there's a lot that we can unpack there. And so I would suggest that that is uh, success. And I think foundational to any kind of success in our ministry or success in, in, in whatever it is, is our relationship with, uh, with Jesus. Um, that has to be first and foremost. Um, we have to perhaps be with Jesus before we do things for him. And so I think we always we have to get into a very healthy rhythm of, of checking in and seeing how our relationship with, with, with Jesus is. And there's a very famous example in, in the Bible, um, a guy called uh, King David. And, and David, he was, he was king of Israel, a really flawed guy. He, he was a real, he had a lot of issues, but was also had tremendous success. And the Bible describes him as, as someone after God's own hearts. And, 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 and David, you know, he was in, in charge of the armies of Israel. He was the king, had so much stuff on his plate, involved with so, much, so many things, great, very successful in battle. But in Psalm 27, verse 4, he said, he said this, and I'll read it here. He says, one thing I ask the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And so no matter what he was involved in externally, his internal relationship with the Lord was perhaps one of the most important things to him. Yeah. And I think it's worth just adding to the story of David there because, um, you know, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel are, are good books to read, full of some great historical stories and watching how uh, Israel develops its first kings. Uh, and you can find out about how messy David is. Um, mm. and how flawed he is. I think one of the interesting things talking about that idea of, of um, success and having a heart is that David wasn't always successful. He had yeah. some big failures. One of the biggest failures he had was, was murder. Uh, mm. And he um, murdered a guy and took, and took his wife as his own. Um, so it's funny when we talk about success and a man being after God's own heart to think of him like that too. But there's these two kings at the beginning of the story there. There's King Saul. He is the, the first king and then followed by King David. And both of them have moments in their life where they, they mess up 
big time. They they really mm. they really mess up, um, and both of them have very distinct um, responses uh, to when they're called out on it. Uh, Saul's response is uh, to reject God um, and to to not follow Him, and um, it doesn't end well for him. Um, yeah. David also messes up big time uh, and he is called out on it and his response is to to humble himself and to seek uh, forgiveness and repentance mm. and return to God now there is and we you know there is if you read the story there are consequences for David's actions it's not that David yeah. then gets to continue living life and everything's fine and we'll just forget that he's a murderer no there are serious mm consequences for his actions but in terms mm. of his relationship with god he seeks restoration he humbles himself he reminds himself who ultimately uh is is in charge and in control yeah. too um so i think it's yeah. just worth i think it's worth just i guess i want to bring that that flawed aspect into it because i think sometimes when we talk about yes the relationship with god being being number one it, it's also worth remembering that we are flawed people Mm-hmm. And, and and again, our, our relationship with God, we are going to mess. We're going to mess up. We are going to make mistakes, too. So it's not just about like being holy and being perfect. It's all about also about our responses when we do mess up. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and David, what a great example of of being successful, even when we fail <laughs> quite often, you know, yeah. in, in, in the in the in the long term. And so that's, that's a real challenge, I think, to many Christian ministries. You know, would you write your prayer letter of just saying how you've invested in your relationship with Jesus over the past month rather than rather than saying about, you know, any of the other kind of success stories that you could you could have. Uh, Lent has just started. And so it's it's interesting to try and get into a healthy rhythm of just checking in of of how our relationship with with Jesus is. I don't know. Have you given up anything, James? The the, the, the traditional Christian response in Lent. <laughs> um, you're putting me you're you're putting me on the spot there. But you keep saying you keep saying Lent. <laughs> well so uh, so maybe uh, it's back. The sound effects back because yeah, I can answer your question, uh, but maybe you should explain what Lent is. You're just stalling to try and think of a, a good answer for something. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, well, okay, so uh, so Lent uh, is traditionally uh, the period before Easter. It's 40 days, but really that's a lie, because if you count the days from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday, it's usually more than 40, because Sundays do not count during Lent. Uh, so but it's usually the traditional uh, period where you remember uh, Jesus going through the temptations in the desert. Uh, he's been tempted. Um, and so traditionally, Christians will kind of give up something which they are perhaps doing or take on a new kind of action to help them uh, pray and to, to get closer uh, to Jesus uh, during this time before before Easter. So um, thanks, Andy. So, so, I, so yeah, go on. Yeah, no, go for it. You could be holy first. I was going to be. Uh, I was going to say uh, recording some new podcast episodes with with Andy is my my. Is that your? <laughs> no, I <laughs> I, I, I haven't actually. It's funny. I I guess I grew up in. 
we're getting into a complexity and we're going off topic here a little bit, but I kind of grew up in a kind of church environment where we kind of shunned those traditional ideas of church. You know, a lot of these uh, ideas about Lent and stuff like that were tied up in kind of Church of England. Uh, so and I grew up in a in a free a free church, well, what, what was known as a free evangelical church back then. Uh, so traditionally, other than having Pancake Day, which is a great, great <laughs> British British tradition, which needs to go worldwide, uh, apart from celebrating Pancake Day, and I don't have an angel choir for Pancake Day. People can just Google Pancake Day. Yeah, uh, and if they really want to have fun, they can Google Maid Marian's Pancake Day song. Uh, <laughs> even Andy doesn't know what that is, but trust me, it's, it's well worth the Google. Um, yeah, so we didn't, as a family, we didn't really think about Lent. Um, so as an adult, I don't really think about Lent either. Uh, but I understand the concept that you're talking about. So so maybe, Andy, you can tell me what, what you yeah, are. So, Lent, so. so I've given up uh, social media. Uh, uh, this time. I've done it for the past few years. Um, not that social media in, in, in itself is, is bad. Um, it's just that I'm sure, like many of you, you just spend a lot of time scrolling, you know, and, and I've, I've deleted Instagram and Facebook from my phone. And so hopefully the time that I would automatically reach for my phone to scroll I will now dedicate that to to prayer. Um, so that's something that I've given up, and then something that I've taken on is that I'm I'm getting up really early at the moment because the girls are going to school in Brazil. The school starts at half seven in the morning, and school's a little bit uh, is quite far away from our house, and so we have to get up, get up early anyway. But I'm getting up at five in the morning every morning. Uh, the girls get up at half five, so I've got that half an hour, half hour where I'm going to be a good evangelical Christian and have my my quiet time, which I have always had in the past, but I'm going to be much more intentional about it and getting up, seeing the sunrise, spending some time with uh, with Jesus. So so that I think is in, it's important for yeah. anything, um, but yeah. investing in our and it doesn't yeah and it doesn't have to be forty days. Uh, it should be you know obviously we're pursuing these things for a lifetime too. If if our listeners like me are now feeling guilty and are going to be setting their alarms for four a.m. tomorrow, that's exactly what we're talking about. Success is not doing. It's not trying to outdo one mm. another in our walks with Jesus, but it is starting to really engage with our personal relationships with, yeah. with, with Jesus. And, and like you said, really check in and see yeah. on, on how those things are going. Andy, what was your kind of second point there? You said the kind of first thing about success was, um, you know, focusing in on our relationship with, with Jesus, our personal relationship. What was the, what was number two? Well, the second one was going to be just kind of recognizing the season of life and ministry that you are in because sometimes i think for especially for ministries for for, for, for missionaries and for christian workers we always want to be in the the spring of our ministry right in the summer where we're reaping a lot we've got all those success stories you know things are brilliant you know we've got all of those stories prayer letters you know run to 10 pages full of videos and pictures of all the amazing stuff that we're doing but it's it's quite unbiblical to presume that our season of ministry will always be spring, always be revival, revival, revival. That's 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 not it. The Bible's very clear of 
of hard times, desert times, where you know we are in autumn and things are are pretty dying, or there's winter where there seems to be no growth at all, but there's things under the surface. And so I think it's to be successful or to kind of define or measure success, you know, we have to be aware of 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 the season that that we are in. And that also means, you know, if you've got kids or if you're single, you know, it's 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 about being aware of of uh, of that and to embrace it and to think about well what is it that God is doing you know in me and what's He doing around me uh, that I can get involved in so I think yeah. that was the second the second one I would say yeah and I, and I think I you know I'd add to that too you know we we're both of us live in in pretty no sorry both of us do live in free countries we're free yeah. to share the gospel with people uh, we are free to engage in um, lots of activities to do with the gospel, with the church, with telling people about Jesus. But um, both of us, um, through our contacts, know of missionaries that work in countries where they can't even tell anyone that they're working there. They're working in heavily uh, Muslim countries, um, and they are constantly in what would be considered a winter season, uh, Mm. where they're seeing... You know, they're working for years and years and years with maybe only seeing one or two people uh, come to, come to Christ, uh, yeah, come to yeah. Jesus. And and on paper, it looks like it's, you know, uh, a, a failure. But, yeah. you know, I think, again, it's it's that that misunderstanding of of what what success is, who brings success, who who is truly responsible for people responding to the gospel. It's not us. It's not, it's not through anything that we do. Um, Our job is just to kind of be, uh, be faithful uh, to what we've been called. Um, So I think, you know, it's, it's, I always, when we talk about success, you know, I think of um, the letter one Corinthians or first Corinthians. You want to know something funny, just a little cultural aside. You would say one Corinthians, right? Yeah. So in America, it's first Christians. Yeah, yeah. they're crazy. Yeah. They're crazy. I know. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to try to convert them back to the real English. But anyway. um, so this letter is written to a church in Corinth, and this church sounds like it's a pretty cool church. It sounds like there's a lot of stuff happening there, and mm. they've got a lot of you know good preachers, good speakers of the words, big congregation, lots of things happening, and Paul. Uh, writes this letter and it's a it's a a crushing letter because uh, Paul basically kind of rips into them I'll be honest if if you read the letter he really uh, starts to call them out he's like you guys you know basically he says you guys think you're all that you guys think you're smart you guys know nothing because you don't have love mm-hmm. um, so you guys think you're successful you're not mm-hmm. because you don't have love and he really kind of starts to call out the Corinthian church mm. on the fact that that knowledge is nothing uh, yeah. without love. What they're measuring, how they're measuring their success, they're measuring their success by what they know and what mm. they say. Uh, but he's saying no, that that's wrong. That's not not what it's about. Um, you know what what is what is following Jesus if you're not acting like Jesus. Uh, and at one point, he has a famous kind of passage in there where he calls them to imitate him as he imitates mm. Christ. Mm. And there's this idea of, of you know, imitating, imitating the way that Jesus 
the Jesus Lives too. I, I just think that that's it, it's kind of funny because that the, that measurable measuring that idea of loving Jesus and loving others mm. is a much harder thing to measure than right. measuring engagements or measuring you know people that have checked a box that they're interested in learning more about Jesus. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's much harder to to measure to measure that too. Um, and, and I think within that, I you know within that same letter in Corinth too, he also talks about spiritual maturity. So he talks mm-hmm. about this concept of, you know, when he first came to them, he gave them milk, um, and uh, you know, basically he explained the gospel to them and was kind of helping them like a mother feeds children, kind of helps them through. And basically he goes on and he makes this kind of crass uh, comparison in that they're kind of adults who are still mm. drinking their mother's milk, um, yeah. which it's kind of hilarious. Uh, if you think about the whole kind of gross, I guess, if you think about how that looks, but again, there's this idea that, um, another hard thing to measure with success too, is kind of maturing too. And that's that process mm. of discipleship. Like oftentimes we, we don't measure, we, we don't measure the people's personal relationship with Christ because it's a hard thing to measure, but we also don't measure how people are maturing in Christ too. How are they, how do you measure discipleship or being discipled? Um, you know, you asked me, you know, we joked earlier on, we read my journal, my exciting journal when I was 18. So if I'm still 18 in my spiritual maturity, if I'm still 18 Mm. in my relationship with Christ, then, then something's, something's not right because I I should have in the last, uh, 20 years, I I should have grown in, Mm. in maturity. I should have grown in my understanding. Um, but it's a very difficult, difficult concept to measure. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And and I think you've just mentioned, you know, one of the um, one of the other things that I had on my list when you're talking about, you know, the uh, Paul talking about love, and that one of the ways in which we can measure success or or to, to define success is is by the people around us knowing that they are loved and that they are lovable. And and Paul was saying that, you know, love is the most important thing. Imitate me. And and we need to do that as well to those around us. We need to love them and to, and for them to know that they are lovable. And, you know, so that loving your neighbor um, kind of thing. And, and for me and you, James, we are, you know, we are married. And so... And so the first, our first neighbor is, is, is our wives, is, is our wife, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're an idiot. Uh, I know, yeah, is our, yeah. Is, our, is our wife. And so, you know, we need to, if we want to be successful and we're talking about success, then, then, you know, do our wives know that they are loved and are lovable? And, you know, bringing it a little bit to, to revive now, you know, you were th- saying about well, how can you really measure the kind of discipleship, and how can we measure this this, this success? If we and we have, you know, we've said that that sin and the gospel they are relational, and so sin entered the world. It didn't just uh, break our relationship with God. It also broke a lot of our other relationships, our relationship with ourself, our relationship with others, and our relationship with God's world. All of those have been broken by sin. And so if the gospel is relational, um, and then any kind of advancement 
in those relationships is a success. So, you know, you were saying yourself, James, you know, have you progressed in your relationship with God over the past however many years? Um, you know, for the girls that revive, how are they doing in their mental health because of the trauma, because of the sin that uh, has, has, you know, has entered and, and caused this, this, this trauma, the violence that they've gone through? Any kind of restoration in their relationship with themselves is God at work. And that is also success. And so if you can see see a girl coming and having better mental health, that is a good that is a good thing. Relationship with others and relationship with 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 God's world. Any type of of advancements in those areas should be a success. Um, when with the evangelicals, you know, we usually would say, well, what about, you know, the real success of of, you know, bringing people to Christ? And I think, you know, we we've beaten around the bush a little bit here. And and I think it's it's important for us to say that none of us convert. We do not do that. That is it is the Holy Spirit who who convicts and 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 bring someone to Christ, that is that is God's work. We are planting seeds. We are sowing seeds, and this is usually what we do at Revive. You know, we have kids, and and you obviously have to be a little bit careful, you know, of, of, of trying to force kids to believe things. You know, we, we don't, we, 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 we try and be very relational and tell them Bible stories. And, and if we were just going on numbers, you know, decisions, we have 10 a day. <laughs> of, of 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 kids, you know, saying, yeah, yeah. "Yay, we believe in we believe in Jesus," but obviously, you know, we have a bit of a longer view of that, and also we're very aware that these kids are not our kids. At the end of the day, they will leave Revive, and they will perhaps go on to families who perhaps are not Christians, and we don't know what will happen in the future. But we know that the seed has been planted by Revive. And by us, God will do the rest. Someone else will water it, and then somebody else will reap it. You know, this again, Paul said something in the Bible about yeah. that. Again, sorry about that. <laughs> They're not doing the actual the actual thing. Yeah. But this this whole idea of planting and then others watering, and then obviously God God being in control, and then just a final thing I would also then say, a child returning to a family that's a great success. That is a success because yeah. again. We talked about it in the bonus episode. You know, Psalm 68 says that God wants to see children and people who are lonely and abandoned. He wants to see them in families. And so restoring an orphan to a family, that is success as well in God's eyes. This is a really difficult topic. I, I, we're kind of reaching the, the end of our time. And, you know, I think we could we could say a lot more about this, too. You know, and I just think it's if I wanted people to go away with, with something is, is just to reflect on this is just to think about this to, uh, if they're working for an organization is just to have a conversation with the organization about success. And if they're just thinking about their own personal life too, is, is, is one just to uh, take the pressure off themselves, remembering that it's, it's, it's God's work. It's his mission. Um, but also thinking about some of the things we talked about in terms of, um thinking about their relationship with with mm. jesus is is it central to things are they trying to do things uh, in their own strength or are they looking to god 
uh, for the strength and then also just open their eyes to what's around them too like you said we we touched on it very briefly but the idea of like where you're at right now and the season that you're in mm-hmm. it's it's funny uh, you know back in college uh, we had a great opportunity to play football, to meet <laughs> other guys through that, to develop those relationships. Now, I'm a dad now. Um, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I spend most of my time with my kids or engaged in my kids' schools or in kids' activities. Um, mm. My mission field's changed. Like yeah. I, I now have a totally different field and a totally different season of life, but I have the same number of opportunities to be faithful um, to Jesus for what he's called me to do i can still Mm -hmm. be faithful in my own personal relationship now i need to be faithful uh, in modeling that to my kids yeah Um, and now i I have a different mission field now i interact with lots of different families with similar age kids i'm involved Mm -hmm. in different activities but still i'm faithful to the call which i've been given which is to share the good news of jesus with the people that he's brought into my life so yeah yeah. yeah, no, it's so good, James, about recognizing the season and the place that we are in. Yeah. If let me just finish with perhaps two two last little thoughts as we as we round up our podcast on success. Um, I think we have to be very careful. You know, you're talking about organizations and you know wanting to perhaps bring about their vision and lots of you know, we have to really check our motivations for 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 lots of things. Is this kind of advancement or this new project or this new vision of of growth is that my vision or is it god's vision mm-hmm. and there's this passage in jeremiah 23 verses 16 to 20 that says this it says do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you they speak visions from their own minds and not from the mouth of the lord and so I think that's interesting for us to check. Any kind of church that we're in, any kind of ministry that we're in, and we're suddenly dreaming and, you know, we want to, we want growth and we want to do this and we want to do that. So I think we really need to check whether is that vision for us? Is it to, is it to increase our own worth or status or, or you know, power? Is that us or is it actually God-given? Is that actually what God wants you to do? If you go back to what I said right at the beginning, success is doing what God has asked me to do. Has God asked you to do that? Or is it just something that you think is going to be great because it'll look good? So okay. I think that's interesting for us to, to, to think on. And John 5, 44, um, uh, John here, it talks about that you want glory from others rather than from God. And so I think that, again, is just a check when we're thinking about success. Are we doing this? So that others will say, man, you're amazing. Or are we waiting for what you said, James, right at the beginning of, of hearing Jesus say, well done, my good and faithful service, a servant, you know, enter in uh, when we when we die. And then and then the last thing that I would just like to say is 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 John chapter six, uh, verses 28 to 29, that says this. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? And so these are the people saying, you know, God, you know, you've given us this mission, the works that that you require us to do. What must we do to accomplish this, to be successful in this? What must we do? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, the work, not plural, the work. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So I think as Christians wanting to get involved in his mission, wanting to, to, to fill our 
diaries with all of these different activities to do the works of, of God, we need to remember that actually the main work for us in this world is, is us, is to believe ourselves. We believe in, in the one who sent me, in, in, in God. And that word believe, there was a commenter, a commentator who said that it can be translated as well to, to be, to relax in. And that is perhaps something that many missionaries and other Christian workers need to hear today, is that you just need to relax in Jesus. Okay, Andy, another another podcast under our belts. Uh, hopefully, uh, I think I think there's probably more we could have said about success today, but I think also, hopefully, we just inspired some good conversations for people to have and to spend some time going away and exploring those things. Yeah, so, I think there's a lot more that we could say, and perhaps yeah. there'll be a success part two in a few and maybe, months' time. Maybe in the future. And again, if people want to uh, kind of give some feedback or ask some questions, something we're not clear on, they can always shoot us an email at thefarshore at reviveinternational.net. Uh, as I said, next week or we have an interview coming up with Rick Maples uh, from Africa Inland Mission. Uh, it's a good one, so please don't miss that. Please subscribe to follow the podcast. And also coming up in a couple of weeks too, we have um, we have our Portuguese songs. Uh, Andy, I mean, we have been building these up week after week. Uh, we've we've got a, a couple of hard weeks uh, of work ahead of us. Um, I think you know be- before we leave today, I you know I've been. Uh, you know, working on some, um, you know, working on some lyrics here. But, but, uh, can you can you tell me? Does does the word? Uh, if I I'll spell this word for you, and okay. then you can tell me if these words rhyme. Uh, does F A L O follow? Yeah, follow. What does that mean? I speak. I speak. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, does that <laughs> rhyme with cavallo? Oh, yeah, I think it so. Does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, Falo, Cavallo. Yeah, Cavallo, well done. Those things rhyme with the same yeah. ending. Yeah. So, so you're going to be, I speak to a horse. Is this basically uh, your... No, well, uh, I don't want to give it. It's just, just a little, the, it's a little it's super the sampler. Essence, the it's, essence no, no, no. of your song is just so you're the horse super. whisperer. The horse it, whisperer. Maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, Portuguese, Portugal, Brazilian, the horse whisperer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I, I should admit right now, I, I'm going to give you a, a way out, Andy, in that that I do have rhyming some Portuguese with English uh, because wow, I as well Portuguese word, uh, but it's it's very difficult. There isn't a Portuguese rhyming dictionary um, <laughs> that I have access to right now, so I'm having to rhyme it with with an English word. So uh, I just want I just want to make sure that our listeners have a very low expectation of what I'm going to bring oh. to the table. You're Andy. obviously going top. No, 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 no. I am going. No, no, no. You're just, terrible. you're just playing, you're just playing yourself down. And I know you're gonna, you're <laughs> gonna pull something out the bag. It's gonna be face meltingly good. So, oh. and we're gonna have uh, some real, uh, real people to judge our songs to. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna have sure. the revive girls and staff. Excellent. So, Excellent. Uh, yeah. I feel, I feel yeah. like you have an in with them being the boss of some of the staff. I, I feel like <laughs> it has to be like a blind you know, like a blind test because I don't want them just showing favoritism. Yeah. Uh, wage wage cuts, no holiday for you. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay, well, thank you, Andy. It's been been fun again. Uh, Thanks, buddy. It's been a pleasure, as always. We'll see you again on the far shore. Bye, guys.